Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you take your business to the next level. I encourage you to go back and look at some of the earlier episodes that might be especially interesting and relevant to either you or your team member. And it's always easy to subscribe to this podcast series so that way you automatically get the different postings as they come out every two or three weeks. Today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think is part of a series that I've been doing over the last couple of months, which is focused on sales mastery within, obviously, remodeling mastery. Now, I'm focusing on this in large part because times today are really different than they were 9, 12 months ago. You know, 12 months ago, it was much more of an order taker kind of mentality. And today, those sales skills need to be very sharp if, in fact, you're going to be successful in doing what you need to do. So in this series, I started with, you know, some simple things like 10 things that really don't require a lot of talent. You just have to make sure that you do. I got into then another 10 things that I think are very concrete, specific skills that you can master, one of which I'm going to be talking about today. And I also talked about creating urgency, because at the end of the day, your client is your biggest competitor, and that is what is keeping things from happening. It's all the other priorities in their lives. It's all the other kind of freedoms that they're having today that are keeping them from proceeding on projects. Then we also talked about in the last session, focus on how do you generate leads? You know, I think oftentimes we think of marketing and leads as a separate little department within kind of what you're doing. But I think the more integral that you think of sales and marketing together, the more likely that you're going to be successful. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that is really one that I've been studying, honestly, for about the last 40 years. And it's focusing on the power of three. Now, the power of three is something that we've experienced in our so many aspects of our lives, either in religion or in certainly just the, the way we think about things in terms of good, better, best, all those kind of things. So it's kind of a standard way of thinking. But the question is, you know, are you more masterful of it? I know having been involved with it, I don't need to think about three I automatically gravitate towards three. Because as you think about it as it relates to the sales process, three really helps you frame the decision for the client. And what I mean by that, most of your clients, in many cases, ignorance, their ignorance about remodeling, not stupidness, but ignorance about remodeling, are oftentimes keeping them from being able to decide. So mastering the power of three, I think, is important. Secondly, it reduces the overwhelm for them. So it's not so scary that they're going to make mistakes if, in fact, you can start to master the power of three. And lastly, if, in fact, you can do those things, you're going to move along the client in a very, very expeditious way and uh, see things in terms of closures happening much, much quicker. As I said earlier, this is especially important today because in many ways, your clients are really especially difficult to control. So what we need to do is we need to make it easier for them to make a decision, be able to proceed. So what I've come up with is 10 different examples, themes, uses of the power of three. 
So what I encourage you to do is not only listen to these, but maybe go back and focus on one or two things that you can start to weave into your conversations and sales process uh, when it comes to the client. And I think if you can do that, you're going to see, again, better results. I also encourage you, those that are involved in training other salespeople, don't hesitate to use this little recording as a discussion topic for your sales folks as well. And I think it'll help you to really uh, take not only yours, but some of your team members' games to the next level. Okay, with that being said, I'm going to go through each one of these. I'm not going to necessarily go through a huge amount of detail, but I would encourage you just to make a list of these as I'm going through of 10 ways that you can think about using the power of three in the sales process. So the first one, I think it's always a good idea, and this is contrary to some people's thinking, but it's always a good idea to present the client with three ideas or three concepts. So if, in fact, you're describing three ways to approach the project, you're describing three ideas in terms of layouts of you know, a kitchen or how to think about a roof line, those kind of things, it's always good to show them three. Now, here's what the key is from a psychological point of view. If you show them only one idea, then they're going to judge you based on that idea. You may be the best solution for them in terms of service and designer provider, but if they don't really get jazzed up by the idea, then you're running the risk of them not working with you because of one idea. You give them two, which is much better than one, which is great. However, the natural tendency, you give me two, you say, oh, this is terrific. What else is out there? So they're going to continue to search, shop, look for another alternative. You give them seven, it's overwhelming to them. They can't decide. They're paralyzed. They just want to go back to bed and just kind of get this out of the head. Three is the magic number. By giving them three alternatives, three ideas, three designs, that is the alternative. Now, these do not have to take the same amount of time to present. It might be, here's a bad idea, here's a good idea, and here's a variation of the good idea. You know, but the key concept here is you need to show them multiple options, and three is the magic number. Number two on my list is three types of companies that they can work with. You know, don't be naive to think that you're the only game in town and that your approach to doing remodeling is the only way to approach it. You know, I think if you see yourself as a sage and advisor to the client, one way to do that is to help them understand how to buy remodeling. So what do I mean by this? You can say to a particular client, you know, there's three types of companies that you could do on a project like this. Let's say it's a kitchen remodel. Uh, One is a very small contractor where you're going to go out and you're probably going to procure a lot of the parts and pieces, finishes, those kind of things, and then they're going to do the installations. Now, they're relatively competent. Uh, They oftentimes... Uh, you know, certainly will will be there from a relationship to to support you. And it represents about 80, 85% of all the remodelers out there. However, they're not necessarily experts. They're not authorities. They're not up to date on the latest trends. They might do one kitchen 
this month, a bathroom next month, maybe a deck, and then a roof repair the following month. You know, so they, while they very competent, honest, hardworking people, they're not necessarily uh, masters at kitchens. The second level, which represents only probably about 5% of the remodeling activity out there, is more the boutique. It's more the signature remodeler. It's more that specialty remodeler that you want just to have their name on your project. Quite frankly, more than anything else, they're going to completely control it. Oftentimes, it's much more about design and it's not about kind of the feasibility. It, you're oftentimes going to pay 10, 20, 30% more because of some of those ideas. And with that in mind, you're going to find that, uh, you know, uh, while it's a very good approach, uh, you're oftentimes going to maybe have some functional issues. Then there's a layer of about 10 or 15% of the companies out there that are the professional remodeler. They're going to be very focused on uh, a process, focused on meeting kind of your budget, the latest and greatest in terms of design trends, expertise both in design and in production all the way along the way. And that's where we fall as a professional remodeler. So if in fact that kind of hits your sweet spot, then I think a company like ours is the right company to be working with. So that's number two. Number three is the three levels of remodeling that they can do. Again, similarly, don't assume just because you've been brainstorming and talking about a very customized, extensive type of remodeling, that's the only remodeling that they can do. They can do really three levels of remodeling. And I think bathrooms are a good example of this, but you can translate this to kitchens, to decks, to additions, to basement renovations. You can transfer it if, in fact, you can get in your head, think power of three. So what do I mean by that? So with a bathroom renovation, John and Mary, there really are three levels. One is more cosmetic, where we're going in and doing kind of the more cosmetic things into the bathroom. That's a really a, like a refresh. You're going to come away with a very different looking, feeling bathroom, and you're going to feel pretty good about it. Um, modest level of investment. However, you know, you're also not addressing some of the more fundamental things. The second level is more of an intermediate level where we're going in taking out a lot of the key parts and pieces like the vanity cabinets and the tops and the toilets and the the fittings and those kind of things. We're leaving some of the core structure and certainly having the layout pretty much be in the same place. But I call that more of an intermediate level. It's not a complete gut and do, redo. But again, from a cost point of view, it's going to be more than cosmetic, but certainly less than the third level. And the third level is the more custom cut, gut, and redo, where you're literally creating a clean slate. You're putting in all new systems, uh, a latest up-to-date issues addressing, but you're also having the license and freedom to move things around and really take them to the next level. And obviously, this is the most expensive. So by using the power of three here, you're helping to educate the client in terms of what is the right approach and the right level. Okay, number four is, and you've heard this so many times, is three levels of quality. You know, there's the good, better, best. But you also can break that down in terms of design and styles. There's traditional, 
there's contemporary, and then there's eclectic or transitional. You know, by using the three, you can help to frame and guide the decision and kind of where they want to fall. Number five on my list is three types of products. Now, I'll give you an example of this. And when I've done trainings on this subject, it's interesting. I can literally, you give me almost any product, I can break it into three types. So for example, if you're talking about windows, you want to make sure the client's not overwhelmed with their, with their product decisions. So you can simply say to the clients, you know, Mary and John, there are three really types of windows that fall into the majority of the styles of windows. One is a double hung, second is a casement, and third is a slider. Now, based on the existing architecture in your house, you have double hungs now. So if you want to be respectful to your existing house, then I think probably going with more of a double hung. On the other hand, if we want to really make a statement and do something different, then we might want to certainly consider a casement, which is a much more contemporary style. So by breaking in three, you you really are having a conversation with a client, and then you can move them through. I encourage to continue that. Well, there are three primary manufacturers that we work with. And with those manufacturers, talk to them a little bit about the pros and cons and where they fought. Now you can move them a step further in terms of three types of grill patterns that they can do within the window that, again, is tying into the, their goals and, and what their uh, uh, insights are with, with, the, with the products. So by using the power of three when it comes to types of products, you can really save a lot of time and, and guide them through. Another use of the power of three, number six on my list, is try to think in terms of three goals or three things that we want to accomplish in this meeting today. So for example, if you're doing a weekly site meeting or if you're doing a design meeting, whatever it happens to be, you know, in this weekly site meeting, you know, there really are three things that we primarily want to look at. Number one, what did we do last week? Number two, what are we doing now? And really address any questions that you might have. And then looking to the future, number three is what do we have in the schedule and the planning for the next week? By using the power of three, it's just a very calming approach. You have the control. I'm feeling very comfortable with you, and I can cover those things in a very methodical and and interesting way. Number seven on my list is one actually that uh, I've been talking to clients, especially uh, now, or remodelers about now more than ever, and that is three different cadences or speeds that a, pro- that a client can work on the project with you. Many of the remodelers out there are very frustrated because some clients put things on hold, they're not moving through, they're not following what you thought was original pattern. And, and with all due respect to you, I think more of the problem is you're just assuming all clients are equal when it comes to their pace and cadence on the project. So what I encourage is use some metaphors. There's a lot of different metaphors you can use, but one that uh, 
uh, someone I've been working with recently has been very successful with is to be able to say to the client, now, you know, uh, clearly we want to be able to be responsive to what your interests and needs are with a project. But what we found, the third, third party, what we found with other clients, there really are three different speeds at which you can move through this project. And it's very much like a train journey. You can be on a bullet train, like we certainly sometimes see in Europe, where it's going 150 to 200 miles an hour, speeding through and really grinding and making it a top priority. And you can't necessarily even take a breath, but we can move through very quickly like that. The second is more the commuter train, where you're doing it efficiently, but you're making stops along the way, picking up different people. But again, the commuter train might take twice as long as the bullet train. However, you're really moving through it in a very efficient and methodical way. Then the third is what we call more the scenic train. It's kind of like doing the Canadian Rockies. You're stopping along the way. It's slowing down the process for you. You're savoring all of your decisions as you're moving along in the process. So it's a very different pace. So where do you fall in terms of the spectrum, in terms of your ability to move through and make decisions? By using, number one, the power of three, but also using a metaphor that they probably can comprehend and swallow, they will get it, and then they will be more likely to respond. Another use of the power of three is, and this is number eight on my list here, is three kind of ways to prioritize what's important to you. For most remodeling projects, it really falls into three. It's either the craft or the quality, and that could be the design as well. Second is the cost or the budget or the investment. And then third is speed and time. And by having a conversation with a client and even separating the client with the, the partners or the spouses and saying, of these three things, quality, time, and cost, which one is most important and least important to you. And then by discussing it, you're going to get some alignment, alignment with the the clients. And with that alignment, you can respond, I think, with your product and service the best way. Number nine on my list is that there are three ways to increase or decrease the level of investment that you're putting into this project. Now, I've spent a lot of time doing this, but again, your clients do not want, need to think that it's all or nothing. Today, more than ever, you've got to be able to give them alternatives so that they can spend less if, in fact, you want to see them do the project. And there's been a lot of data and research being done, including with Cleveland Research, that people want to right-size the project and make sure they get it rather than just fantasize and end up with something that's out of control. So the three ways are, number one, is the scope of work. You know, most projects, you can, in fact, pull out elements in terms of the scope of work. It could be, well, let's not replace all the windows now. Or it could be, let's not do this powder room right now. Now, you might think that's ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it's their money, and you need to help guide them in how they want to spend their budget, not necessarily say just what makes sense. 
The second is in the design finishes specifications. Now, they can go with, for example, a less expensive toilet or less expensive faucet. They can go with a lesser manufacturer in terms of the windows, and they can see some savings or they can see some increased costs. And then the third level is client involvement. Now, I'm not proposing at all for the client to be too heavily involved in the project, but they've got to feel like they're controlling their spend. So it might be that you take out the decorating aspect of the project. That's something that they can handle themselves after you finish the project. So by letting them know there are three ways to increase or decrease the level of investment, they're going to feel a lot more comfort. Number 10, and certainly last on my list, and there's certainly a lot of other uses of the power of three, but on my list is the three powerful closing questions. One of the challenges I think most in remodeling sales is how do we ultimately get across the finish line? How do we close this? Now, one of the challenges is your biggest challenge, your biggest competitor is the client not knowing how to decide. They want the permission as much as anything to be able to proceed with you. So what you have to do is in the course of it, move towards asking for the sale. And when they say, I need to talk to other people or I need to think about it, you know, let them know that's certainly an understandable thing. But there really are three primary questions that they need to ask themselves today. And there's a lot of ways you can frame these questions, but here are the three questions. Number one, how do they feel about the advice and direction that we've discussed? Number two, is the level of investment or the budget consistent with what they want to proceed with? And then number three is, how do they feel about me? How do they feel about us in terms of the relationship of being able to help guide this and create this dream kitchen for them? Then you want to go back and certainly try to unpack those. But the bottom line is you want to convey to them if the answer to those three questions are yes, then they should go ahead and proceed to the next step. If the next step is the next meeting, if the next step is a design contract or a feasibility study, or the next step is a construction contract, whatever that next step is for you, try to frame the decision and give them the permission to be able to proceed with you. It also will flesh out really any objections because at the end of the day, more times than not, if there's going to be an objection, it's not in question one or question three, it's going to be in two, which is the level of investment. It allows you to drill into that and go into there's three ways to increase or decrease the level of investment. So I want to just kind of recap real quickly with this podcast and this theme today. You know, figuring out ways to communicate, making it easier for them to understand, guiding them through the maze of the decisions is more important than every, anything because, again, your biggest competitor is not other remodelers or architects or designers. Your biggest competitor is the client themselves. And if you can be better at kind of that therapeutic approach, that consultative approach of guiding the client through and leveraging this tool of the power of three and really mastering it. And you will become kind of almost automatic and have your muscles become involuntary to be able to use this. So I want to thank everybody for being part of this. I want to thank certainly our my supporters with Professional Remodeler and many of the other strategic alliances that get this podcast series out to their clients to really help them take their business to the next level. 
and I look forward to continuing the discussion with you in the future. Take care, everyone.